Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. This morning, we're starting a brand new series for the month of June called Whole Heart. And it is centered around the idea that in order to experience God's best for us, we have to give Him our best. Um, God's God's best can't be experienced through half-hearted Christianity. That we have to continually give God our whole heart if we want to uh, receive His best back for us. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through through 13, God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah. <laughs> Shocker, that's what the name's name is there. But God speaks to, that's funny to me. It's, it's not funny to you. That's cool. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, God speaks to the people of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. And, uh, and he says this, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. Some of you all um, might have been raised in a way that's, that, the, that you've been preached to, that God's plans for you is to wreck your life when you mess up. But that's not the truth. That God's plans for you are for, are for good, and they're not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, God says, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. Jeremiah chapter 29 is really a widely quoted verse amongst people. And a lot of times it's quoted when people are going through a really tough situation. And no matter what the situation uh, you might find yourself in or, might, or people might find themselves in, the truth is, is still there that God says he has plans for us. That God has plans for you. And his plans are good. And his plans are for a future and a hope. And he wants to give those to you. And you know, this still applies to you, that, that the, the truth that God has plans for your life. It still applies to you whether you've been a Christian for 10, 20, 30 years, whether you're not even a Christian. Whether, you're not even, whether you don't even believe in God today. He believes in you. He still has plans for your life. And when God spoke this to to his people, the Israelites, they weren't in a very good spot. They were, they're actually, (laughs) if you read through your Old Testament, you'll see that there's a lot of times that the Israelites are in really bad spots because of really dumb things that they would just continue to do. And once again, the Israelites are in a a bad spot. In fact, um, they were in a spot where it would be very easy to lose hope, and many of them probably had and so the nation of Israel had been conquered once again by another, uh, another nation, another empire had conquered Israel, big shocker, and they had been put into captivity by the Babylonian empire, which was at the time the greatest empire on the face of the earth. And, and yes, there's been multiple times in history that the nation of Israel has been in captivity to someone else. We just went through a whole series about how they're in captivity to Egypt. Well, now they're in captivity to the Babylon, uh, to Babylon. And it's actually a miracle, if you think about it, it's actually a miracle that Israel is still a nation today. Like, you've got to see that God's hand is in preserving his people 
just in the fact that Israel is still standing today because they've been beaten. I tell you what, they've been beaten and whipped and they've just been having a hard time throughout history. But God speaks to his people through this prophet named Jeremiah and, and he speaks to them a message of hope. God lets them know that even though they're going through a difficult time, a, a, a troubling time, a hard situation, God has not forgotten about them. He's not abandoned them and he still has plans for them. Plans for a hopeful future. What that means is there's good news for us too. That even in the darkest moments of our lives, even in the most troubling of situations, that God has not forgotten you. God has not abandoned you. He has good plans for your life. Now, if you study all throughout your Bible, one of the repetitive truths that you're going to find is that every single time in the Bible that you read God give a promise to someone, there is always with it coupled a condition. When God gives a promise to someone, there's always a condition that is tied in to that promise. Now, this doesn't mean that God's love is conditional because that, that's, that's absolutely uh, the furthest thing from the truth. God's love is not conditional. But what it does mean is that in order for us to step in to the fullness of the promises of God, of the good things that he has for us, there are conditions. And so the promise here that God gives the nation of Israel through the, through the prophet Jeremiah, the promise is this. In the first part of the verse, uh, in, in a different translation, it says this, that you will seek me and find me. That's God's promise to Israel. That's God's promise to you. He said, you will seek me and you will find me, but there's a condition. And the condition is this, when you seek me with all your heart, Just throw that next one up there. If you wholeheartedly look for him. He says, you, if you seek me with all your heart, the condition is you seek God with all of your heart, and then the promise is you will find me when you seek me. That was the truth back then, promise and condition. And I believe that's what God, that God is saying the very same thing to us today. He's saying it throughout the, throughout the ages. God uh, he echoes this promise to us that if we will seek him with all of our heart, we'll find him. In other words, you can find God in your life when you're searching for him. You can find him in your life, but you have to look for him with your whole heart. Not a half-hearted attempt, not a divided heart attempt, a whole-hearted attempt to find and seek God is what finds him. You can say it this way. You can only get the best of God when you give God the best of you. Half-hearted seeking is not, is not enough. That's why, that's why many people aren't experiencing the breakthrough in their life that they're looking for. It's because they're looking for breakthrough, but they're not looking for God with their whole heart. Most people's faith journey doesn't really, unfortunately, most people's faith journey doesn't look like an all-in kind of faith. That it, it, most people would just kind of uh, dabble in their faith. They just kind of put their toes in the water. They, just, they, they, they get just enough of their faith to get the fire insurance so that they can go to heaven one day. 
But God has so much more than that. And people are leaving that on the table. The fullness that God promises. That, that people's faith journey, their, their faith journey is kind of sporadic. It's only when, when maybe they don't have something better to do on a Sunday, they come to church. Or uh, when things start going bad again, then they start checking in with God and saying, hey, how are you going to help me? How are you going to help me here? They pray when they, when they need him, but only when they need him, that kind of thing. But the Bible says that you would experience God on a completely different level if you would start seeking him with your whole heart. That as you seek him with your whole heart, God has more for you than what you're experiencing. And this is why I'm always comfortable telling people that are, that are seeking and asking questions about the truth of God. Is he real? Is, how is he present in my life? And, that, and, and I'm comfortable telling them that God is not upset with you. God is not intimidated by your questions. He's not intimidated by your seeking and your searching. God wants people to seek him. He wants people to. And so every time I talk with someone that's just not sure, they're just, I don't know where I'm at in my faith, I tell them the same thing. If you really, truly look for God and you truly want to discover that if, um, if, he's, if he's real, if he's true, if this Christianity thing has weight to it, if you truly look for him, God will show himself to you. It's a promise. And the condition is you search with your whole heart and you'll find him. God will reward your search for him. If you want to find God, it's all about pursuit. It's all about pursuit. And this morning we're going to be talking about whole heart pursuit. If you pursue God with your whole heart, you will find him. And so here's my challenge to you. Like I'm challenging you early in the message. All right, This is my challenge to you for this summer. Commit to pursue God in a wholehearted pursuit. Commit to giving God your best so, he, so you can experience his best. You might say, it, but it, it's summer. Like, I got a lot of stuff going on. We got a vacation. We got to relax. Family wants to get together. I want to live life free and enjoy my time with my family. All that is good. All that is great. But I promise you that all of that will be better if you put God first. You'll enjoy all of it even more. When you put God first. You know, summer is actually a great time to start up in your faith game. Like it's a really good time. This is, this is usually the time where most people start slacking off in their faith. And they stop coming to church. They stop praying. They stop waking up early in the morning. Because, hey, it's time to sleep in. And they stop waking up early in the morning so that they can pray and spend time with Jesus. This is, this is the time where most people slack off. And so when, when uh, September rolls around, we usually start having to shake the dust off. And, you know, we've, we've had three great months of just not pursuing God really with our whole heart. And so we're shaking the dust off in September. My, but my challenge to you is why not continue to pursue him? Like, like, hey, take your vacations, do your family things. That's great. But don't stop pursuing God in the process. Like, commit yourself to him this summer. And watch that September is going to be an easier month for you because you're not going to have to relearn habits. You're not going to have to change the way that you're living. You're not going to have to change the way that you're doing things. You're just going to continue on. You're going to keep that foot on the gas pedal and keep on going. And you're going to experience God's best for your life. How would it look? 
this summer, if instead of taking six weeks off from church and maybe attending like twice, what would it look like? What would your life look like if you instead decided to commit and go all in and pursue God wholeheartedly? Your life would be better and God's plan for your life would be much more in focus. I promise you. I promise you. Because God does have a plan for your life. Sometimes it might not feel like it. Sometimes it, 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 it might feel like he has the opposite of a plan for your life. You're just coasting out, the floating out there. But I promise you, God has a plan for your life. But in the moments that it's hard and you're not sure about anything, those are the moments that we should lean even further into our relationship with him. You can't stop your pursuit of God when things start getting difficult. In fact, I believe that the Bible supports this, that when things start giving, getting difficult and tough in life, we should run harder towards God. <clears throat> Don't back off in the face of battle. Get closer to your protector. You can trust God. Even in the hard moments, he has a plan for your life, and his plan is good. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says this, And we know that in all things, everybody say all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's a promise. Here's the promise, that God will work all things for your good. Where's the condition? If you love him and have been called according to his purpose. Essentially what he's saying is that, that if you love God and, and your life is sold out to trying to follow his design for it, for trying to follow his plan for it, everything's going to turn out all right. Everything is going to work. When the writer of Romans, he says, he writes all things here, this, this Greek word that he uses, all things is wrapped up into one word, pas, P-A-S, pas, not P-A-S, but the Greek version of that. Pos. And, and you know what pos means? All things. <laughs> like, I'm here all, all week, okay, for your educational and scholarly needs. I'm here for you. It means all things. That means even the bad things work towards your good future. That means even your mistakes, if you're committed to pursuing God, will work toward your good future. Have you guys ever thought about that? How sometimes your mistake can propel you into what your future needs to be? As long as you run to God, it might take a little bit longer to get there. But he's still going to reroute things to make sure that your life is going to turn out good in the end. God has a plan for your life. You know, God has a way of being able to, to steer a ship to the right destination. Even if it needs a little course correction on the journey. But God can't steer a ship that sits in the harbor. So don't be afraid of making mistakes. You're going to make them. Just pursue God with a whole heart pursuit. He has good plans for your life. And that involves you pursuing him. The, your highest potential of life with your pursuit of God it is also fueled by your continued pursuit of God. So it starts your life and it fuels your life as you go. The pursuit, the continual pursuit of your creator. And as we talk about pursuit this morning, I've got three 
points that I want to make around that theme of, of whole heart pursuit. The first one is this, that every great relationship involves pursuit. And I just realized, I'm so sorry if someone's colorblind. Is green a hard color to see if you're colorblind, or is that the only color you see if you're colorblind? Cannot see it. Is anybody colorblind here? Pray for you right now. You'll see that word. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, we're good. All right. Every great relationship involves pursuit. Every relationship in history starts with pursuit. Someone pursues the other one. I'm talking, I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about business relationships. I'm talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about stalkers. I'm talking, no, I'm just leave them alone. Every relationship that you can think of in the world that you would categorize as good and healthy, it started with pursuit. It started with one person taking a step towards the other. The same is true of your relationship with God. And not only does your relationship with God begin with pursuit, it is continued by pursuit as well. Healthy relationships never stop pursuing. Boyfriends, husbands, let me give you a tip. I'm going to give you a tip here. If you want a healthy relationship, never stop pursuing your spouse. Never stop pursuing your partner. Don't let off the gas when you put a ring on it. Like continue to pursue her. Keep on taking her on dates. Keep surprising her with acts of service and gifts. Like vacuum the floor every now and then without her having to ask you. Take the trash out when it's overflowing or even before. I learned that's a good one. Like don't let it overflow. That's a real good one. That's going to be a good night for you, okay? That's all I'm saying. You take the trash out before it overflows. Hallelujah. And you know this is easy for some of us to do. It's easy for us to, to take the foot off of the gas when, when you've kind of locked that relationship in, you know. And, and because, because here's why. Here's why. I was talking with my therapist this past week. It's great. Therapy's great. You should go. You should do it, even if you don't have any problems. It's great. But I, I learned that men like to... They, we like to pursue the hunt. Like, we like to live for the hunt. You know what I mean? Like, and this is, why, this is why we can let our foot off the gas when we get married because it's almost like, well, that's the goal. I met the goal. The goal was the hunt. And some of us are wired to pursue until we claim the prize and then we let up. But here's what you need to do. If that's you, because that, that can be me. If you're wired to pursue the hunt and you feel like you've just reset the goal, like create a new goal for your life. Like if, if your goal for you is, is to get married, then you're going to let off the gas when you're finally married. But if the goal is for you to have a healthy, continually growing relationship with your spouse, then you're going to make yourself keep that foot on the pedal. Just change the goal up. But here's how that translates to your relationship with God. Because we're, we're talking about him not... Relationships. Come back in February. We're talking about relationships again. But if your goal is to make it to heaven, if that's your goal, then as soon as you have punched that card of salvation, you prayed that prayer, you asked Jesus into your heart, that's it. And then you're going to stop in your pursuit of God right there and you're never going to go any further. And I can tell you, you can make it to heaven like that. 
You can. And it's dangerous. Because the danger is this, that God's goal for you has never been for you just to make it to heaven. God's goal for you has been to change you and shape you and make you and mold you into the image of perfection until the day that we do see him in heaven. God's plans for you don't stop when you make a decision to follow him. That's where they start. God's plans are to shape you as you continue to pursue him. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says this. For, for those God foreknew, he also predestined. That just means that God knew in advance. And he had plans laid out for it. That you would be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn amongst many and brothers and sisters. That means that before you existed... God already had planned out for you how he wanted to shape you and mold you into the image of Jesus throughout your life. That God wants your life to look like Jesus' life. You're like, but Jesus was the son of God. Right here. But he was the firstborn amongst what God wants to be many brothers and sisters. God wants you to be able to inherit the kingdom of God. In everything that was promised to Jesus. God wants you to be able to inherit that as well. The good things. Like, you know, you can pray for people in the street. Like in the, in the grocery store, wherever. You can pray for people and people can still get healed. You got the same Holy Spirit living inside of you. That raised Christ from the dead. So you can pray for people and people will be healed. Like... I went over to somebody's house the other day and I prayed over their home because they were having some night, night terror things going on. Just one room was real spooky. And I, I went over there and I anointed the door frame and you know, I prayed over it. And as I was leaving, I said, you know, you guys can do this too. Anytime that you feel worried, you guys have the same, you guys have the authority in Jesus to be able to pray and do that too. Why? Because we're being shaped and conformed into the image of Christ as we walk this thing out. That's God's goal for you. And Jesus was always in pursuit of God. In fact, he said it this way. Jesus said, I only see what my Father in heaven sees. I only, I only do what my Father in heaven, what I see him do. I'm only modeling my behavior after him. I'm only speaking what I hear my Father in heaven speak. Jesus says, my life is, Jesus' life was, was so in connection with God through his pursuit. He said with confidence that everything that he's saying, God wanted him to say. And everything he's doing, God wanted him to do. And our lives should be per continually pursuing God to that amount. Just like Jesus, that's God's plan for your life, is, is for you to start looking like Jesus. And that starts and that is sustained by your pursuit of God. Number two, pursuit requires diligence. It requires diligence. Have you ever seen a, a good chase scene in your life, like maybe in a, in a movie? I'll tell you, every time that I think of a, of a real good chase scene, I think of Terminator 2. Like, probably the most famous chase scene of all time. I don't know if you've watched it or not. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I can't recommend the movie because I don't 
know what goes on in it, honestly. But, but this is one of the most famous chase scenes of all time. And, and what you see is like no matter what obstacle got in the way, it didn't matter what challenges popped up in the middle of the chase, the one that was chasing just never gave up. Like barreling through medians, destroying overpasses with gigantic semis, like pushing through cars. No matter what the obstacle was, there was a tenacity there. A diligent pursuit because he had a prize that he was trying to get. We can't be people that give up on our pursuit when hard things show up in our life. If you're going through hard things, let me tell you something. Let me just encourage you. You were created to do hard things. God created you to do hard things. So lean into him. Lean into that that challenge. Don't, Don't give up on your pursuit when hard things start showing up. We can't be people that let off our pursuit when obstacles stand in our way. We need to be people that continue to pursue God in spite of those things. You know, you have an enemy in your life, like, and you're like, yeah, her name's Karen. I know, no, not Karen, okay? You have an enemy, and his name, sorry if your name is Karen. You're not my enemy in here. (laughs) That was the weirdest noise. I'm so sorry. You have an enemy. I don't know. I was trying to laugh and cough and sneeze at the same time. And that's what you get. <coughs> but you have an enemy. And his name is, you know, I have a real good friend. I'm sorry. I've got a real good friend that I tell you, he's got a TikTok. And he just has these, he'll, he'll be in the middle of an altar call. And he'll make the weirdest noises. And it's like a snort. And it's not on purpose. It's just like a snort, laugh, cry, hiccup. Just something goes wrong. Every one of his altar calls. I don't know. Anyway, ADHD moment. We're coming back on track. You have an enemy, and his name is Satan. And he would love to absolutely dis- uh, to discover that he could cause you to back off of your pursuit of God by uh, something like causing a change in your schedule or maybe uh, throw an extra bill in there that you'd, you didn't realize you had to pay or... Um, or now maybe you got to move now and, and your, your rent's going to go up. Or uh, capitalizing on a strained relationship in your life. He would love to use those things to try to cause you to stop pursuing God. He'd love to throw you off with simple, something simple like that. But the people that truly see God's best are the people that will pursue God through the difficult times. Through the battles, through the changes, through the storms. And on the other side, God rewards your diligence. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says it like this. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that, wait, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Like, your, your pursuit of God through the hard times, the diligence that you have when you're pursuing God through hard times, God will reward that on the other side. It's a promise. He rewards those as the promise who earnestly seek him as the condition. He rewards you. Your faith can't stop in the face of difficulty, but God makes it possible for your faith to thrive in the face of difficulty. 
Your diligence in difficulty will be rewarded as long as you continue to pursue God. And then finally, number three, God's good plans for you happen through wholehearted pursuit of him. Let me say it again. God's good plans for you happen through wholehearted pursuit of him. And here's where we sometimes get it mixed up. We sometimes think that we'll experience good things in our life if we pursue those good things. If we work hard, we'll get the promotion. If we chase the dream, eventually we'll find it. If we, if we visualize the good life long enough, eventually we'll manifest that in our life. And it's sometimes true. You might get the promotion. You might discover the dream. But you have spent unneeded energy chasing the wrong things. The truth is that we don't experience God's good plans for us by chasing the fruit of those good plans. We don't live the full life that God God wants us to live by chasing all of the individual things that we believe will lead us to that full life. We experience all that God has planned for us not by chasing the plans, but by chasing Him. Your life is meant to pursue one thing, one thing only, God. Everything else that happens is a byproduct of that pursuit with God. But God has to be the primary pursuit. Because if, if things can shake you, if things in your life can shape you, then things can break you. But if God shapes you, then nothing can break you. The world will try to entrap you into pursuing all of the things, the dreams, the goals, the payouts, the bag. But God wants you to pursue one thing, and it's Him. And he'll make sure everything else falls into place for you. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says it like this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 32, if you're taking notes. For the pagans run after all these things. The dreams, the the needs, the, the things. The pagans, the people that aren't following God, they're running after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need those. But... Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first God and all these things will be given to you as well. You don't have to chase all the things. If you just chase the one. Good things don't come to those who wait. Good things come to those who pursue God first. If you want the best that God has to offer, it requires whole heart pursuit of Him. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then... Have a great week.